I want to go to uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 16. And this is, I will tell you, one of my favorite chapters in the Old Testament because of its content, because David, they've had some restoration of the Ark of the Covenant and the glory of God. It's been a hard-fought battle for the, for the people of Israel, and God's brought some restoration to them. And they're in this moment where they've had this tent that carried the presence and glory of God. This is where he, the people were blessed and where offerings were made. And, and then it says in, in uh, well, I'll start with verse 1. It says, they brought in the ark of God and placed it inside the tent, which David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. So they're not in a war right now. They're, they're in a moment of worship. They're stopping to give thanks and praise to God. And David had finished offering the burnt offering and the peace offerings. He blessed the people. He blessed the people in the name of the Lord. He blessed the people. And he distributed to everyone of Israel, both men and women, to everyone a loaf of bread and a portion of meat and a raisin cake. He appointed, this is what I want you to see in verse 4. He appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord. David, he, David, appointed some of the Levites, a certain group, a certain tribe, as ministers before the ark of the Lord. And look what it says here. It says, to, even to celebrate and to thank and to praise the Lord God of Israel. To celebrate, in the King James, it means to record. It's, it says to record. And that means to mark he assigned some people to record and to mark or recognize or remember or mention and be mindful of to recount and think on the great things the Lord has done. We're to be celebratory, and that's the case that's modeled here in 1 Chronicles 16. These are patterns of praise. There's something to celebrate. We have reason to be grateful, to be happy. To, and and what, what David was saying to them is he assigned them to identify and to record, to recognize, and to put everybody in remembrance, lest they became forgetful hearers. And that's why I think church services start with song. We're to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I don't think it's just religious ritual, and I don't think it's just so much church routine that, well, you just, you just come in and you start with worship and then you go and have an announcement and you do the offering and then you have the message and then you pray and then you go home. I think there are some simple essentials here that are actually really valid and valuable. And this is the case here. He appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord, even to celebrate and to thank and to praise the Lord God of Israel. Celebrate, thank, and praise. The word thank is a Hebrew word, yada, and it means to use the hands physically, to revere and worship with extended hands, because the Bible says to lift up holy hands, that men everywhere lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Take your hands, ready? Lift them. That's more than just vulnerability. They were admonished to enter in with worship. And you know, actually, I saw this in 1998 at the Temple Institute in Jerusalem, and there's an amazing, vivid woman. She began to describe about the Old Testament worship on the Temple Mount, 
And she said, it's what we're doing now pales in comparison to what they had. And she had tears in her eyes. And she wasn't just being a dramatic. She was speaking from her heart. And I was really touched by and moved by her. Uh, and she was talking about how they would offer up the offering and the worship to God. And she, she described these kinds of things so vividly to me that I took her aside and I asked her to come speak at our church. And she said, I'm Jewish, and I, I'm here, and this is where I live in Jerusalem. You go preach at your church. I'm gonna, and, but she was that, she had, a, she had an unction on her, and she had enthusiasm in her. I think that these Levites must have, when David assigned him, he said, hey, you guys. And he picked from Asaph and, as the, the chief, and then second was Zechariah, and then uh, Jael, and Shemiramoth, and Jehiel, and Mattathiah, and Eliab and Benaiah, and Obed-Edom, and Jael, the other Jael, with musical instruments, harps, lyres, fenders, martial amps, uh, and Asaph played loud-sounding cymbals. So he's just jamming on the, on the top hat, and he's playing cymbals. And Benaiah and Jehaziel, the priest, blew trumpets continually before the Ark of the Covenant of God. Then on that day, David first assigned Asaph and his relatives to give thanks to the Lord. God ordained these guys, and it was, and it was their family. It was, wasn't nepotism. It was God ordained. God brought these guys because they had a feature of calling on their life. This was something they were anointed to do. It was something they were responsible with, and that was to put into remembrance, to constantly mention enthusiastically to cause the people to become mindful, to recount and to think upon how good and how great God is. And they say this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Speak of all his wonders. Listen, there's something so powerful about this. We are required by God to continue to perpetuate our witness, our testimony, we overcome by the word of our testimony. Patsy and I were invited to watch a screening of a film called Unbroken. And it was a true story about a, a gentleman named Louis. And he was lost at sea for 47 days. So that makes my testimony like chopped liver. An hour and a half. He had a boat. Yeah, I was floating. So maybe that counterbalanced. But <laughs> Louis' testimony so far beats mine. And then he, he was, hey, finally rescued by the Japanese and put into the prisoner of war camp for three years. And I was watching this movie, and it was a movie, they, they did one movie, and it was successful enough to do another movie. And we met the producer. The producer's actually a Jewish man. He's not a Christian. But he said he's been the caretaker of this guy's story for about 20 years. And he has a passion for communicating the story authentically to reflect the faith of this man. And so it was a very fascinating moment to be there with the producer, to hear his vision. It was beautiful. But what was beautiful about it was the film, the second film, was a testimony about Louis' life after he got out of the prisoner of war camp and his struggle to deal with post-traumatic stress disorder, which nobody called it that in the 1940s, and how he hit the bottle really hard and how he became a really chronic, heavy, fall-down alcoholic and the effect it had on his wife and his new daughter, the effect it had on his outlook. He, you know, he, he was having a hard time finding a job. He was really down on himself. And this whole show is a testimony and a reminder of how this guy came to know Jesus. And he actually 
Billy Graham had a tent meeting in Los Angeles in 1948, and he, he found his way into that meeting, and uh, it depicted him coming to the Lord. So what the whole thing was about was basically mentioning and remembering and being mindful and recounting and thinking upon how the Lord can get a hold of a broken life and turn it around and bring redemption to a man who was failing and was broken and was struggling. And it appeared as though his life was even worse after he got out of the prisoner of war camp because of the brokenness of his life. And he came to know Jesus and he said, I know it's a miracle because I was able to forgive this particular persecutor that, uh, that, that never asked for forgiveness and he just never even met him. But he said, and, and so I was sitting in a room with a variety of people wasn't very many, about 20 people. And I just was aware of the power of recounting and remembering. It was a praiseworthy kind of a thing. And I even, I mean, it was, just a, it was just an interesting moment. And I thought about the palpable, powerful potency of a testimony, of a voicing of, of thanks, a celebration of praise. This is, in fact, what we're called to do. That's why David even appointed Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord. And he said, glory in his holy name. Verse, it says, sing to him, sing praises to him, speak of all his wonders. We need to keep reminiscing about things the Lord's done over the course of our lives. Just sometimes just voice it and say, God, you know, for that I'm grateful. I want to thank you for that. I don't want to be forgetful. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. It's fantastic to know God. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his wonderful works which he has done, his marvels and his judgments from his mouth. There's that word remembrance again. Unless we become forgetful hearers, we have to be stirred up by reminder. So one of the songs we're singing, Hebrew names of God. And I think if I was a first-time visitor to this church, I would think singing Jehovah Nisi and Jehovah Jireh and all that, I would think, what is this? Those are the Hebrew names for God. And whoever the hymn writer was who wrote that, that chorus, they understood those, that those names, what's in a name? It underscores aspects and features of God's character. He's our peace. He's our redeemer. He's our healer. Come on, man. And we stir ourselves up by way of reminder. And as we stir ourselves up by way of reminder, it completes the circle. It brings us back to God, to this, this attitude of thanks, thank you. When you say thank you to somebody, you're acknowledging a significant act has occurred. You're saying thank you is, is like something has just happened that's prompted you to say thanks. And in this case, they had become a little bit forgetful, but there was, David was so grateful that they came back together and the Ark of the Covenant was restored and the glory of God was filling the temple. Praise the Lord for this. And so they're just stirring themselves up. And you can, I don't have time to read the whole chapter, but you should. And it ends with verse 36 where it says, And then they blessed the Lord God of Israel from everlasting even to everlasting. Then all the people said amen and praised the Lord. So, you know, they had an extended worship service. Once they got going in praise, they couldn't stop. And I just want to show you some things about this because there's a, there are patterns to praise and worship. Let's read Psalm 100, and let, let's just take a look at a couple of key psalms. First of all, Psalm 100, it says, verse, it's only five verses, and uh, 
I suppose I could break down verse 4 mainly, but it says, Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with joyful singing. Man, know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. God is God and we're not. That's what that verse flatly states. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. And we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Say that with me. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. One more time. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter, and this is just so powerful. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good, and his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. I remember so many times where I got stuck with my circumstances in life. I was flat in my, it was like the soda lost its fizz. I remember walking from the back of my house to my car, and on my way down the walkway, I just could feel my resting face must have just been absolutely ugly. It felt, I had like I felt a case of ugly from the inside. I could just feel it, and as I was walking, the Lord spoke to my heart, just a little subtle prompting. It wasn't like a booming voice, but he said, why don't you just lift your hands and praise me? And I was like, I had stuff in my arms. So I put stuff on the front of the car, and I actually saw my reflection in the side mirror on the SUV, you know, and it was really, it was as distorted as I felt. <laughs> then I saw my hands go up, and I was like, well, this is awkward. And I, as soon as I lifted my hands, something lifted off of me. And I began to minister and to attest to how good God is. Well, I had been marinating in my problems. I was not even considering the solution. I was just mulling over my problems and the oppression that was resulting from it. Anybody relate? And so then I know that as he was urging me to lift up my hands, and that's what it actually says with the word thank in the Hebrew Yada means to use your hands physically to revere God by lifting up extended hands. So God had me just lift up my hands and I began to thank him. Something lifted off of me. It's hard to describe. And it's happened to me again and again and again. And uh, even tonight, didn't that help you? To be in the presence of God and be minister to the Lord in song. It's, we're not just singers of songs. We're worshipers of God. And for the Lord is good. Give thanks to the Lord. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. I, I want to go back to the Psalms, but I want to park just for a second in John chapter 4. So let's go to John chapter 4. The woman at the well. She's at Jacob's well. Jesus is talking to her. She's a Samaritan. He's Jewish. They don't have any dealings with each other. There's some ethnic distance there. Not dissimilar to some things we see in our day. But yet he's bridging the gaps there. He doesn't really care. He's loving people in a different way. He's telling this lady things about her life. You have five husbands. Hey, there's help for you. You ask and you'll get rivers of living water. But she's talking about worshiping in this mountain. And people say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. And Jesus is saying, woman, believe me, in verse 21, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Verse 22, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, 
when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, notice this, for such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And everybody said, celebrate, thank, and praise the Lord. He appointed Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord, to celebrate, to thank, and to praise the Lord. There are patterns of praise. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Increasingly, I want to have a higher degree of praise and worship because it's the highest form of prayer. We're to enter into with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. There needs to be moments of this. It's, it, it's God's design that we show forth his praise. There's one of my favorite psalms that says, an hour is coming and now is. When, when people will worship in spirit and truth, that the people yet to cre- be created will praise him. Yeah. Something powerful about and childlike about I'm just going to celebrate and thank and praise my God. It's the opposite of murmuring, complaining, and whining. There's plenty of that to go around. And God is saying, man, I would prefer that you would worship me in spirit and truth, that you'd enter into my gates with thanksgiving and into my courts with praise and be on that glad side of things through the course of your life. It's a lifestyle. It's habitual. It's our responsibility. It's our calling. David, notice how technical it was, how deliberate it was. David assigned Asaph and his relatives. He assigned Levites to worship and minister to the Lord before the Ark of the Covenant of God. He hands out bread and and meat and a raisin cake. I mean, dinner rolls, a burger, and dessert. Full course meal. But the best part of the meal that was central was his worship. In fact, in Revelation later on, Jesus said, I'm knocking on the door of people's hearts, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and I will dine or sup with him. And that word in in the Greek doesn't mean a fast food blast through the drive-thru. It means a lingering fellowship environment with God. And when we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, it does damage to our, our fears It does a lot to get our minds renewed and get focused back on who God is and how big God is. I feel blessed to be here. Before I got up to preach, I already got amazing components of blessing because I got to inhabit and cooperate with and flow with that corporate worship. Our minds and hearts were in one accord. We're endeavoring to lift up our voices in gratitude and thanksgiving to God. And we're singing those praises. And it's not just the cuteness of a sing-along. It's not just the endorphin rush of a collective participation. The Bible says God himself inhabits the praises of his people. And when you see in the scriptures there, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the nations. The nations need to know about what we have. All over the world, people, Darlene's check saying, People like us are worshiping Jesus. In every time zone, in every nation, in every people group, God has a people, and he wants us centrally to be worshipers that worship the Father in spirit and in truth. We're not just singers of songs, we're worshipers of God. Remember this. A a little of this will go a long way, because what we do is we stir ourselves up by reminder. And uh, 
He's looking for worshipers that will worship him. When? Just at church? No. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That's Psalm 103. Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at church. I will bless the Lord when I turn on a praise CD on my car. I will bless the Lord when things are going great. I will bless the Lord when I feel really good. I bless the Lord when I feel like I've read the Bible enough, prayed enough, given enough, served enough. No, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Not just in our heart, but in our mouth. We offer up the fruit of our lips, which is a sacrifice of praise. Now, some of us relate to this more than others. But this is a non-negotiable. Whether we love to sing praises or not, God's called us to sing praises. Joe visited our church for two years before he had had a new birth experience. Vicki had given her heart to the Lord, and, and Joe and Vicki really deeply love each other, and they have a great companionship. So Joe, you know, just, I knew Joe's name because he volunteered and he served, and I just loved having, seeing Joe here. And I remember Joe giving his heart to the Lord so many years ago, and he made this point. He said he had a hard time in the song services because how can I worship and sing praises to a God I didn't know? And I thought, that's interesting. So he would wait because he was in the seeking mode in his life, but I noticed after he said this again, he, I've heard him say this before. Well, then he said this again, and I thought, now Joe is up on, the, he's just singing praises with, the, because, with all his heart. Why? Because now he knows the one that he's singing to. And so God's looking for people who will worship. It's funny because when I, I visited a church when I was a young person, a teenager, 16 years old, and it did actually, I, I got in the atmosphere and I saw it had a culture. There was acceptance and kindness. People knew each other. There was warmth. And they sang these songs of praise to God. And it was different than what I had experienced in the liturgical times. I had the rare occasions we visited church in the hymnals. Although hymns are wonderful, written by people who had, you know, understood theology and God and, I mean, you know, but when you're not saved and you're just trying to read and catch up and you, you know, it's hard. But they were singing worship to God. And I actually, in the first, after about four weeks of visiting consistently, I, I started singing the songs with everybody in order to participate, not knowing the Jesus that we were singing to yet. And I got saved, but I, I thought that's one of the characteristics of that movement that was starting to take place was great testimonies of lives changed. And that's why this movie, this movie about Louis Zamperini, is going to be effective because it's a testimony of a person's changed life. There's a lady named Henrietta Mears, even in an atmosphere, they didn't quite get the understanding of the value of women serving in the church, and yet she became a great voice of Sunday school and teaching where Bill Bright, Dr. Bill Bright, Billy Graham, and Louis Evans Jr., were key people in her youth group that all got touched by God, all got impacted by the Lord, and went on to... Billy Graham, of course, was Billy Graham. <laughs> Louis Evans Jr. started Bel Air Presbyterian Church and actually preached at, for one of our Friday night meetings when we were at Bonham Presbyterian Church. You want, I respect, even though, listen, I'm not a Presbyterian, but I sure love them. I'm not a Baptist, but I'm thankful. You could ask my wife. I prayed for Baptists this week. I'm not a Baptist, but I love them. I love the church. 
and I respect them, and I honor my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. And in fact, a guy had to preach. Henrietta Mears actually died, and this guy was the person that was the next person, and he, he preached one night. A lady showed, a young lady showed up from the streets, pregnant and on drugs, and she came to the meeting. They led her to the Lord, and she said, let me show you how we're, we live. This was in 1967. They walked down through the streets of all the hippies that had gotten detached in that counterculture moment where society was getting crazy, very similar to right now. And all this heap of broken humanity and this minister, trained theological professional, his heart broke for this counterculture group and the Lord moved on him and they started bringing in local musicians and it precipitated the, what we now call contemporary Christian music started at a Presbyterian church. And uh, it was part of the characteristic that I believe is cycling back where we, we need to understand this. Worshiping God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Ministering to the Lord. It is going to be particularly significant in these upcoming days. So you come with your you come with your attitude of, I'm going to enter in with praise. I'm going to sing. I'm going to, and, and you know what it says in Psalm, the King James of Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. Say this, I can do that. But here's what I want to get over to you as we finish. We are in a pattern, and I want to give you 12 quick points. That sounded like an oxymoron. 12 quick points. Number one, praise. We enter in with praise. Number two, waiting. They that wait upon the Lord will gain new strength. Number three, confession. We confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9. We confess his lordship, Romans 10, 9, and 10. And we speak to our mountains, Mark chapter 11, verse 23. So praise, waiting, confession, speaking God's word. Number four, we pray God's word. God's written word is his revealed will. Faith comes by hearing his word. And so we claim his promises as we enter in. This is a pattern for praise. We thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're my healer. Thank you that you answer my prayer. Thank you that you inhabit my praises. And then five, watching. The Bible says we should have holy alertness, a sensitive heart focused on the Holy Spirit. And 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 says, be on the alert. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Listen, in order to cultivate a more appreciative attitude, this is what I want to get over to you. There are patterns of praise. We praise him. We wait on him. We confess his word. We pray his word. We watch and alertness, we intercede, we, get, we pray for others, we make ourselves available to start praying big picture items as we're spending time in his presence. Romans 8.26 says, the Spirit himself intercedes for us. 1 Timothy 2.1 tells us, first of all then, I urge that entreaties, prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving 
be made on behalf of all men. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing in our country. Thank you for what you're doing in the North Korean Peninsula. Thank you that you're moving mightily on the nations of the earth. Thank you, God, that plagues are stifled by the power of the Holy Spirit. Famines are addressed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lost souls come to Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. I intercede. I pray for the lost. We're not going to be disgusted and cynical. We're going to pray in faith. We're going to use our energies to trust God and intercede. Petition, where we pray about needs. Lord, I lay this out before you. Lord, I trust you for this. God, I stand on your word. I lay out my petitions. Thanksgivings. Confessing blessing and thanking him for it. God, thank you. And everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's the opposite of a sense of entitlement. It's the opposite of ingratitude. It's the opposite of just taking things for granted. It's where you stop and you say, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Patsy picks up a meal for me after Sunday church. I thank her for it. Well, that's, you know, that's her, it's just the family duty. Well, whether it's the family duty or not, I'm thankful for it. She didn't have to do it. So she did. So it's like, hey, thank you for this. Thank you. Everybody say thank you. Singing, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I love psalms. I love hymns. I love spiritual songs. Sing with your understanding. Sing in the spirit. Meditation. Think on God. I did this this afternoon as I was preparing for this. I was outside and I just saw clouds, beautiful. There, was, there were high clouds that were like uh, cotton clouds. And then there were these lower clouds that were coming in. And the wind was blowing the clouds up on the top one way and the other. And then this cloud was coming right at me. And, and it was underneath the other clouds. And I said, God, thank you for, I thank you for the, for the water and the evaporation and the condensation and the rain and the cycle. Thank you. You know, I just thank God for that whole system. Thank you, God. It's not like the water is one off. It goes out into outer space and never comes back. Thank God it keeps recycling. Well, yeah, but that's just, yeah. Well, let's just stop and say thank you, God. I don't want God to feel underappreciated under our watch. That's why David said, I'm going to sign you guys. I want you to turn it up. I want you to sing, get Asaph, you can just beat on those cymbals all you want. And then last two points, listening. Let's look for guidance. Let's be discerning. Let's have an open ear, sensitivity to God's voice. You know, recently I was in a situation. Patsy and I were seeking the Lord, and we were praying, and we were saying, I know, do you want to have a late breakfast, or do you want to wait until lunch? So we looked at each other, and we thought, this is not just when you, you serve God any length of time, it's like there are places God wants us to go and there wants our feet to be in certain places with certain people and there's, our steps are ordered by the Lord. Amen. So we prayed about it. What, what would you, and so I said, well, I think we're supposed to have breakfast. She said, okay. Said, this is, we flow with this, you know. I said, I'd ask her, what do you get in your spirit or what do you think? What do you want to do? Well, I, I'm not asking what we want to do. What, what do you think? What should we do? So it's like, yeah, I think we're supposed to go to breakfast. We're supposed to go here. We're going to get eggs and we figured out a way to get them. So then, as I was sitting there, there's somebody I saw that I recognized. And then I went through all this gamut of, I don't want to be rude, I don't want to interrupt them. And they were working at another booth, you know, at another table. And uh, so I thought, well, I negotiated with the Holy Spirit for about 30 minutes. 
and I went back and forth, and then, then, but the Lord actually put a couple of things in my heart, and I thought, I'm just going to download this. I'm going to figure out how to do it. So as we were leaving, as I was walking by, I said, hey, pardon my interruption, and they kind of, it was an interruption. I wasn't loud, and I'll tell you what I did not do that I think added to the credibility of it. I did not try to get a selfie, and I did not try to get an autograph. I didn't want anything from this person, but I knew the Lord was prompting me to say a couple things. I didn't come across as a starstruck, enamored fan, because I'm not, because I already have run into true greatness. Everybody else is just folks. Jesus, however, is Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Wow. Now that'll get your knees knocking and get you goosebumps. But the Lord gave me a prompting, and Patsy watched it and saw him really open up. He reached out and knuckle-bumped me. I knew I actually had a word from the Lord for him. Well, what's interesting is when I walked up, he had scripts, and he was interviewing people, apparently, to get to casting. And they were changing out, and that's why we kind of figured it out. Patsy actually had her back to it, so this was all going on in my head. And this, I'm the kind of husband where I think she knows everything I'm thinking. I just think that it's so loud in my head that I don't even need to explain it to her, right? It's like she already should know. Don't you husbands realize? It's like, yeah, you should know that. I've, I've started in the middle of, of stories, and she's like, where are we now? Oh, well, I mean, this is so vivid in my mind that I figured you already knew it. And she has developed the fruit of patience. But the guy brightened up. When I walked up, he was saying to the other person, it, it's, it has to be redemptive. So the Lord was setting it up. So if the, the, the process of this praise and worship, learn to listen. One of the outcomes can be a, a deepened sensitivity to the prompt, subtle promptings of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, praise again. So praise, waiting, confession, praying God's word, watching, intercession, petition, thanksgiving, singing, meditation, listening, and then praising again. See, they all said amen, and then they, they began to praise the Lord. So now I want you guys to lift up your hands. We're celebrating, we're thanking, and we're praising God. We're recognizing, we're remembering, we're mentioning, we're mindful, we recount, and we think on whatever's lovely, pure, right, praiseworthy. We meditate. We're assigned by God to meditate on the praiseworthy things. Whatsoever things are worthy of praise, think on these things. So, Lord, we praise you. We thank you. Lord, we worship you because you're our God. We love you. We open our hearts to you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for stabilizing our country in this time. We bind the devil and we come against Satan and all his schemes all the satanic evil, we take our stand as a people group of faith-filled, a body of believers. We are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And having done all to stand, we stand. One can chase a thousand, two could put 10,000 to flight. God, we stand in faith. If two of us agree on earth as touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who's in heaven. And when we stand praying, we believe we receive. When we pray, we believe we receive. We praise you. 
We wait upon you. We confess your word. We pray your word. We watch over what your promises are. We intercede for the lost. We intercede for those who don't pray. We make petition, God, thanksgiving, singing, meditating, listening, and we continually praise again and again. We're going to give you thanks, even if it's just a whisper, even if it's just thank you, Jesus. May our thank you, Jesus, mean something. May our praise the Lord's mean something. May hallelujah mean something. From our heart to you, oh God. We worship you. Come on, man. We worship you. We thank you. We thank you. We praise you. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. He surrounds us with songs of deliverance. 